Hey guys, welcome to the She's Got Interest podcast. My name is Weslyn and I am your host for all things personal finance. And today we're going to be talking about my favorite topic, (laughs) budgeting. And I mean, obviously budgeting is nobody's favorite topic, but everybody's got to do it in their own way, shape or form. If you're a millionaire or you're living paycheck to paycheck, you have to know what's coming into your bank account and what's going out if you want to grow your money and grow your savings over time. But I do feel like everybody makes budgeting out to be this like super difficult, hard thing with a bunch of spreadsheets and color coordination and you have to make sure that you're tracking your savings and spending every single day. But truly it's just knowing overall what goes in your bank account and what comes out of your bank account And making sure that those things are fitting your goals long term for what you want to do. So say you want to spend all your money on skincare. Because long term, your only goal is to have perfect skin. And that is all you want to do with your life. And you want to have perfect skin. All your budget would look like is just simply saying, okay, I need to look at my weekly spending and make sure that all my money's going towards skincare. Now, I think everybody knows that like, yes, maybe a goal of yours is to have good skin, but nobody's really putting all their money towards skincare. So that's like where it gets a little bit more confusing, but there's some super easy setups and like apps that make it super easy to allocate your spending towards your actual goals and speaking of goals which is just going to be a major theme overall in this entire podcast because I think goal setting is just so vitally important for all aspects of life so if you take anything from this episode or any of the episodes make it be that setting goals even if it's just mentally setting goals for your day or setting goals for the week or month year whatever Setting goals is just something that will honestly push you so much further in life. Um, Sorry, I kind of went on a tangent there. But my financial goal of the week is to pay off my own credit cards each week. Because if you know nothing about credit cards, that is completely fine. Um, And if you want an episode about that, please let me know over on Instagram. Because I would love to do an episode on credit cards. But basically, the credit card company gives you a certain amount of money to spend each month, and you don't want to spend over 30% of that without paying it off. So I've been paying my credit card off every two weeks right now, and I really need to get on that doing once a week because I'm spending too much money on one of my favorite credit cards to be um, actually paying it off every two weeks. I need to be paying it off every like once a week. So I'm going to start doing that on Fridays. So that's my goal of the week. So far, I haven't completed it yet because it's Wednesday now, but whatever. Back to the topic of goals being so important in life. And like, I know you guys are going to get so annoyed by the fact that I'm like, oh my gosh, set goals, set goals, set goals. But really, you are not going to get anywhere if you do not have goals at the top of your mind financially. So for me personally, I love writing stuff down. I feel like that's just like a big thing 
for me. And I normally write my financial goals in my iPad, but I actually broke my Apple Pencil this week. So if anybody has a way that I can fix that and not just buy a new one, please let me know because I called like the Apple people and they were like, actually, you can't fix an Apple Pencil. You just have to buy a new one, but that's like a hundred bucks. So I, I don't really want to buy a new one. Sorry, again, got a little sidetracked, but where I was going with this is that really anything works for setting your goals. You can use pen and paper, you can use an iPad, computer, whatever, but I did hear this one really great quote, and it was essentially the idea that if I gave you a math problem and I said, what's two times four, you would tell me eight, but if I asked you what's 516 times 14 you would ask me for a pen and paper. And it's just crazy to think about, like, that's a slightly more difficult math problem, and we are all trying to plan out our entire lives just in our brain. So that's just something that shows me that pen and paper is super useful, but that might just be a me thing. I know other people that like like to have a physical planner and stuff too. I just really enjoy it. I feel like it makes me feel more organized whatever, however you want to set your goals, you should set them for your short term and for your long term. And this honestly can really vary person to person. So I'm just going to give you guys some of my short term financial goals. And then you guys can kind of base your ideas of what is short term and what is long term around that. I think short term for me is anything that I don't have to save up for years to have. I could buy it with the money that I have coming into my bank account now, but I might have to save up for, say, a couple months or maybe even a year. So for me, a short-term goal would actually be that I want to buy a car when I get out of college. That is within the next three years for me. It's something that I've wanted for a really long time. I want to have a new vehicle just to showcase that I'm an adult or whatever. Um, I also know that my Mazda that I have now is not a bad car by any means. It's not run down, but it is getting older. <laughs> she's she's aging. So I do need a new car when I get out of college. So that's a short-term goal because it's something that I'm not thinking I need to save a little bit of money for. It's something that I need to save a good chunk of money for, and it needs to be where a lot of my spending now goes towards Um, And then some of my long-term goals would be like establishing financial freedom or financial independency, however you want to say it. And a lot of people don't even realize that they're striving for this goal, but most of you are. It's essentially the idea that your money can work for you instead of you working for your money. So this is like investors who just sit and watch their stocks grow in money without going into a nine to five every day. This is also like business owners who don't walk into their business every day but know that their employees and the people surrounding them are going to make them money over time like say a landlord who has just a team of people that manages his property but he doesn't have to go into his property every day and in order to accomplish these big financial goals you really need to have a good amount of money saved in order to do this you want to establish a budget for yourself because saving money seems really easy when you're saving a couple dollars here and there, 
but then you tell yourself, oh, I saved a couple dollars last week. Now I can go buy a new coffee and that money's just gone. And that's really so girl math. It's like, oh, well, I didn't buy my usual Starbucks this week. So now I can go out to dinner with my friends that cost twice as much as my Starbucks would. So that's when like really getting down into the nitty gritty of your finances is so valuable. And I know budgeting sounds like such a big deal and so time consuming, but there's so many apps out there now that really help you establish your budget without thinking about it very much. And one approach that I like to use for my budget is the 50-20-30 rule. This is basically the idea that 50% of your budget should go towards your needs. So this is a house, this is food, this is transportation. 20% will go towards your long-term investment goals. So this is going to be investing money in the stock market, investing for retirement, investing for financial independence. And then 30% goes towards your wants. This is entertainment. This is going out to eat at a super nice restaurant. This is buying yourself a super nice cute outfit. And now this is where you can have some overlap because a lot of these wants are also needs. So for me, clothing is a need. I have to wear clothes. I can't go outside naked, but it's also a want. So what I do is I set aside a certain amount of money each month for clothes that I absolutely need. And then anything that goes over that limit is put into the wants category. So say I give myself $20 a month to spend on, say, one new shirt. Anything that I spend more than that would go into, that would dig into my 30%. Now, the one thing that can get kind of confusing with this, especially if you're in college, is actually determining your income. So I know for me, I save up my money all summer and then I use that money to spend throughout college. So basically what I do is I take my income and divide it into equal portions each month. And then each month I pay myself first. And you'll hear a lot about this in just financial talk. But basically what that means is I put my 20% of like my long-term investment goals, I put that aside first. So then the other 80% I spend throughout the month, but I know that no matter what, I'm meeting my savings goals because I did that at the beginning of each month. So now that you know like where your money's going and you can kind of divide up your income to be equal each month so you know what's coming in and what's going out, there's a lot of simple ways that you can save money for the long term. So now I have a special guest that's going to come on and give some advice on how to save your money because she has some great ideas. She's very much a spender, but she spends her money on the right things. So here is Elizabeth Landon, my wonderful roommate, and her number one money-saving tip. Hi guys. So I'm definitely somebody that struggles with um, with spending money because I'm an impulsive buyer. And one of the biggest things I've learned is to wait on buying stuff because a lot of times like I see stuff like in stores like knowing I could find it cheaper online and I just want it so I just buy it and then I end up either finding it cheaper later on or like finding out I don't even want it so I think the best thing to do is to wait on it I mean like unless it's like a really good deal and like you know you've been wanting it for a while but like 
I think it's if it's not even worth waiting for, don't get it because then it's just going to end up being a waste of money. Okay, Liz. So how long would you say that you wait on average to buy something? Like say you see a really nice skincare set that you really want in Sephora. Do you wait like a week or do you wait like six months to buy it? So I don't wait and that's the problem. But if I were to wait and what I want to do is probably wait and not it's not even about waiting it's just about trying to find a different deal and if I can't like if I genuinely tried to find that item somewhere else and I can't find it for cheaper and it's just all looking like the same price then I think okay do I really want it now that I'm not in the store and if I do then I'll get it if I don't I don't but that just takes out like the impulsivity of it well thank you Liz I think impulsivity and buying is definitely something that everybody struggles with I also think that a good way to be less impulsive with your spending is by using budgeting apps. I know Mint was a huge budgeting app for a bunch of people, and it just recently got discontinued. But honestly, I mean, too bad, so sad, Mint wasn't that great of a budgeting app anyways. One that I really enjoy is NerdWallet. That's the one I use to keep track of all my finances because it has a lot of different things in the same place. So really budgeting apps should be tailored to you. I know a lot of people like every dollar as well. So just give a look into those. And I feel like an app, just having it on your phone, maybe having it like right next to Snapchat or Instagram or some other social media might help you like look at it more. And just making a making a habit of checking that app once a week. And then again, at the end and the beginning of each month, probably not every day depending on how much money you're spending and it really varies person to person but my rule is I check my budgeting apps about once a week and also if an app doesn't work for you there's a lot of online spreadsheets that you can buy that mimic the 50 20 30 rule a lot of finance creators make these spreadsheets and you just put in your income and your expenses and it gives you a detailed breakdown of everywhere you've spent money so figure out what works for you but just implementing a system can be so vital in actually meeting these savings goals as well as what i talked about earlier paying yourself first that has been the number one thing that has like absolutely changed my finances because every month i know on the first of the month i put 20 percent of my money aside into my high yield savings account and then from there i'll invest it in the stock market or i'll invest it in my like retirement accounts or whatever I choose to put that money into. And that's also a really great way to save a lot of money and actually make money that you wouldn't be saving to begin with is a high yield savings account. I know Amex has a really good one and SoFi is another bank that has a really good one. And these are basically just like your normal savings account that gives you interest back on the money that you put in. But these give you a much higher interest. So I know for my like local bank, their interest rate on their savings account is 1%. That means if I have $100 in there, I get $1 back each year. And that's not a lot of money. So getting one that gives you 4 or 5% back each year is really vital in just making those little adjustments to your finances that will build long term. Another way you can do this is through purchasing with credit cards. So I know my credit card specifically, I have the Discover 8 cash back, and it has rotating quarterly categories that I actually make 5% back on, on money I would be spending anyways. So basically, I'm saving 5% on those purchases 
that I'd be spending anyways. But one thing about credit cards is you have to be financially responsible to get a credit card because they can hurt you in the long run if you don't make your payments on time, don't pay it off like in full if you are shortcoming and forgetting about the date of whenever you're supposed to pay. Some more money-saving tips specifically for college students are one big one is meal prepping, especially if you're in an apartment. Going out to eat can be so expensive, so just making all your meals on like a Sunday night, you can like even get your roommates in on it, make it a whole thing, watch some Christmas movies, really just like romanticize the aspects of cooking. Um, There's also like meal prep kits that are really good for college students because it like takes the planning out of it. Some other really great ones are maximizing your Christmas list. I know everybody right now is thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to ask for for Christmas? And I have a ton of people who just like randomly compile a list together. But one thing I do is I ask for refills on the stuff that I already use every day. And I know it's not as exciting, but still, I don't have to go out and buy like my new skincare for the year, my new perfume. I just know that I know what works for me. And so I just ask for those things like one of the major things I asked for was I asked for a new moisturizer and it's like a nicer moisturizer so it makes me feel like I'm getting a gift and it's not a moisturizer I would buy for myself so it makes me feel better about having it um and then just like a pair of sunglasses because I don't have a good pair of sunglasses I can use every day um a pair of headphones because I use those for school instead of just buying or asking for random gifts that you might get two uses out of really thinking about those gifts and what you need the most versus what you want the most also this one again is specifically for college students but asking for student discounts places can go a really long way and most people don't even realize that i know one of my favorite sushi places actually offers a student discount and one day I just asked, I was like, and it's on my college campus, so you wouldn't think that they would offer a student discount, but I was like, hey, do you guys have a student discount? And now I save like 10% when I go out to eat the sushi, and I and I don't go out to eat very often because, again, I really need to save money on food. But when I do, I, I still get 10% off, and that's, I mean, a penny saved really is a penny earned, and I know it's such a cliche saying, but if I'm spending $20 on sushi, that's $2 that I can now put towards something else and last but not least buying things secondhand in college is super helpful i know my textbooks for the semester unless they were digital that i had to buy through a certain like website i bought all those secondhand and then also a lot of stuff for my dorm i wish i had bought it secondhand one of my closest friends did all of her dorm shopping on facebook marketplace and spent a fraction of what I spent on my dorm and there's really no difference to me in whether my headboard is brand new or has been used by one person um I wouldn't say like things like a mattress topper or sheets you should buy secondhand but like a desk hutch that's a really great one to buy secondhand or like your picture frames I know thrift stores have a lot of cute picture frames and I honestly think the vibe of having different picture frames in your dorm is really cute and makes you look so put together but definitely your headboard because I spent a hundred dollars on my twin bed dorm headboard and I found one on Facebook marketplace yesterday for ten dollars because I mean 
nobody really uses just a twin sized headboard there's not very many like twin mattresses in circulation so that's definitely that would be like one major thing that I would say if you are an incoming freshman do not buy your stuff the whole price get it off of Facebook marketplace and even for like an apartment like you can find bedside tables on Facebook marketplace or eBay or even um they have some little things on like Depop or Poshmark I, I don't think they're like furniture but like just little um decorations and stuff or goodwill or your local thrift store whatever don't buy furniture new especially with your college apartment i mean when you get out into the adult world odds are you're going to want new furniture anyways you're not going to want the same stuff that you used in college and hopefully if you're anything like me you want a bigger apartment when you get out of college so I mean, not not hopefully you want a bigger apartment, but hopefully if you want a bigger apartment, you get a bigger apartment when you get out of college, so you're going to want bigger furniture pieces to fill up that space. And now, if you're penny-pinching and you just, like, absolutely can't find any more ways to s- save money, like, you are living way below your means and you still are struggling to meet your financial goals, you can always pick up side hustles. And to me, I think honestly, side hustles are easier than saving money because I enjoy the lifestyle that I have now. And I wouldn't want to go back on that financially. I still want to be able to buy the things that I buy. I don't want to have to give those things up. So I just like incorporating things into my routine. So one one side hustle that I'm hoping to pick up is door dashing especially in a college town, like, it's not like you're going to be going these long distances to make orders. You're probably going to be going to, like, your friend's apartment and dropping off Chick-fil-A. So, door dashing is a really good one because you just have, you can do it whenever time. Um, Also, if you have a craft at anything, if you're a really great photographer, if you know how to code, If you are really good at writing essays, if you're really good at like digital design or like video editing, there's a website called Fiverr that you can use to sell out your skills. And I thought, okay, I can't do this. Like, I don't have any skills. I'm not a very artistic person. But I actually started selling out like little snippets of code on Fiverr um, just because I can, I mean, I'm not great at it, but I can code in Python. So a lot of people need Python codes and I just like do a little, they're like, hey, I need an algorithm that does this. And so I'll write it for them and they give me $10. It's, it's just a super easy way to just make a, a little bit of money. Same with dog walking. There's an app called Rover. Um, I also do this in my college town and I love it. So you can just download Rover and set up your feed. You can dog sit, which means like you stay in their house or you can just do walks. And like I charge like $15 for a 30 minute walk. And that's like time that I would be spending going on my daily walk anyways. I like to just get that movement in. So I I would be walking anyways. Now I just get to do it with a cute dog and make money off of it. So finding ways like that, that you can get paid for things that you're already doing daily is just the best way to make money in my opinion same thing with babysitting especially if you're in college over summer even if you have a full-time job 
and you're not doing anything one night, odds are somebody in your town, some parents are going to want to go out and eat. So you could just babysit, do some schoolwork, do whatever you need to do, um, or just sit and scroll on TikTok because sometimes sometimes kids can be a lot to handle, but even that's kind of fun, like just hanging out with the kids. Um, but then when they go to sleep, like you're actually doing nothing. So that's a really great way to make money. I did that all throughout my summers in high school and that it's just like you're not it doesn't feel like work because it's not your normal work but you are working and you are supplementing your income and long term these side hustles are super important because when you get out into the real world if you're a college student now and you're not in the real world um these side hustles are what's going to be your legs of support if you lose your job So I will always say that you should always have multiple streams of income. So if you have one nine to five job, you should still probably doing be doing at least one extra thing on the side to make some money. Even if it's just like asking your neighbors if you can mow their lawn for 10 bucks, something that is outside of your normal scope of work, but that you're also making income from doing and this helps not only just like grow your skills as an entrepreneur or a business person overall, it also helps if for any reason like you get sick and you lose your job, you don't have to worry about, oh, how am I going to make ends meet this month? Because you have other streams of income coming in to supplement it. And overall, just to kind of wrap everything up about the money saving that we talked about today, I I really just think that the best way to save money and to make more money is just setting goals because even if you don't physically do any actions to achieve these goals subconsciously they're going to be in your head and they're going to help you make your daily decisions so say one of your goals is you want to go on a flight to europe next summer now you're going to be in the starbucks line waiting for your grande ice brown sugar shaken espresso and you're gonna be thinking to yourself oh maybe I shouldn't have spent eight dollars on this drink that I could have had in my dorm that would cost me probably a dollar and if you are thinking that that's great because that was me five ten minutes before I started recording this episode so anyways um just to wrap everything up, use the 50-20-30 rule when it comes to budgeting. I mean, you don't have to, but that's just my opinion. Also, make sure to make long-term and short-term financial goals. Also, using a budgeting app can help you tremendously when it comes to just starting budgeting because it makes it so much easier. And then finally, think about ways in your everyday life that you can save a dollar here and a dollar there. And then also just think about maybe a side hustle that you want to start picking up because they really can help you so much when it comes to achieving your financial goals. Even if you think, oh, $20 from a day of door dashing, well, you probably wouldn't make $20 in a day, but $20 from a couple hours of door dashing isn't going to help me long-term financially. It might not, But the idea that you are learning how to create those multiple streams of income will help you long term. 
So that's all I have to say today. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please give me a rating and review. Hopefully we'll be out on Apple Podcasts soon. So that's where you can review it. Um, And then also make sure to follow me over on the She's Got Interest Instagram and DM me with any questions. I'll be posting a poll right after I upload this of what you guys want next week's episode to be. So do not be afraid to respond to that. It is not anonymous, but I think the fact that it's not anonymous makes it even funnier. Um, Somebody last week said that they wanted to know how to pass their econ final and same. Um, So I'm going to go study for that now, but it was great to talk to you all and be sure to tune in next Thursday for whatever that episode will be. Bye guys. Bye guys.